everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of 23rd Mind TV. Mm-hmm. As usual, we've had a lot going on. Yeah, both in terms of uh, our own output, but also stuff that people have sent us, uh, which is uh, a joy to receive. So we'll be talking about both those things. Absolutely. First of all, I want to tell you about a class I have coming up. I joined uh, the Global Center for Advanced Studies, also known as GCAS, last year. And in March, on Sundays, I'm going to be having a course with them called The Unconscious Act. And we're exploring theories of repetition in psychoanalysis and philosophy. And I'm going to be talking about Freud and the way that he used theories of repetition to understand symptom formation and the death drive, for example. And then I'm also going to talk a little bit about Freud's influences. And even though he didn't outright acknowledge his influences from Nietzsche and Schopenhauer, it seems clear that he was influenced by their work. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and also why Freud kind of tried to separate himself and psychoanalysis from philosophy in general. And then we're going to talk about uh, more modern theories of repetition, including those from Deleuze and Lacan and Alenka Zupanchik. And then we're going to wrap up talking a little bit about the theater and the internet and the digital realm and how we can kind of see all of these theories being played out in these realms. So I think it's going to be a really fun class. You do not have to be in psychoanalytic formation to join the class. It's not just for psychoanalysts or philosophers. It's for anybody who's interested in the topic. That's one important thing about things that I teach, as well as GCAS's model in general. So you can just sign up for my class. Or if you're interested, they do have a certificate in psychoanalysis. And you don't have to sign up for that at the beginning of the academic year. It's like a rolling degree. So you can start now and then kind of take courses over the next year, starting from this point. So you have both of those options. Um, It's really affordable as far as education goes. And if you need additional financial assistance, they're very open to giving financial assistance to people who request it. So just write them and let them know your situation and they will um, help you get an education at a cost that you can afford. And on that note, uh, you haven't missed that we have a monthly residence uh, care of Morbid Anatomy Museum online. Uh, We're running the um, Psychoanalysis Art and the Occult, or hashtag PsychArtCult, one Sunday each month where two people usually um, give a talk or a lecture about topics that uh, reside under the umbrella of psychoanalysis, art, and the occult. We've been having a blast. Uh, it's been so much fun, and we've had so many great people talking about uh, movies and death and uh, illumination and occult and secrecy and you know so many different things. So it's a joy, and um, that's just uh, ongoing this spring. Also, next up is uh, me talking about. Um, uh, occult aspects of uh, British filmmaker Derek Jarman, uh, also together with Gary Lachman, uh, who's talking about uh, the precognitive aspects of dreaming uh, and dreaming in general. So it's highly fascinating stuff. And, you know, later in the, we'll keep you posted about the upcoming things too. Uh, but that's a monthly residence, monthly event happening care of morbid anatomy. So don't miss that. Exactly. We started 
the series in September. And yeah, like Carl said, we've had talks about film and we've had talks about death and morbid anatomy, artificial intelligence. It's been a really great series. And for those of you who have joined past events, you know how much fun they are, especially a lot of the academics that I know when they come to one of our events, they're like, this is so much fun because it's much more fun than a lot of like dry academic conferences. Mm -hmm. And we get good talk between the speakers. We like to pair people up that uh, have good uh, impact on one another and can have a good discussion. Mm. And also Q&A afterwards, of course, with people asking questions. Yeah, so definitely check that out. You can sign up and look at Morbid Anatomy's events that we have, as well as the others at morbidanatomy.org slash events, or to look at PsychArt event, cult events, current, forward, and past, you can look at psychartcult.org. Mm. And also worth mentioning here is that uh, Morbid Anatomy, they have a great uh, Patreon. Uh, and uh, if you join there, I think it's uh, $5 a month, you'll get access to video recording of most of all of their events and lectures, including ours. So that's really uh, five well-spent dollars a month, uh, considering you have, I mean, literally hundreds of lectures and talks and fascinating things. So you should check that out also. Exactly. Mm. And what else? Should we talk about our books? Yeah, I think it's high time <laughs> to talk about our books because there's nothing we love more, um, maybe a few things. Uh, but um, usually, you know, we write them and we also publish them and publish other people's books. It's all about the books. And being such a nice, but still an egotist, I would like to begin uh, by um, self-promoting or promoting uh, my latest book, which is called, as you can see, Anton LaVey and the Church of Satan, Infernal Wisdom from the Devil's Den. Uh, it's, it's a really hefty, uh, solid, big book. And um, of course, I'm very happy about it. Uh, it's basically a development of the film that I released in 2019 called uh, Anton LaVey Into the Devil's Den. And for those of you who have seen that film know that it's basically me uh, interviewing a lot of people who met LaVey during the last decade of his life, basically late 80s to, to late 90s. And uh, it's been, that was a wild adventure. You know, we traveled all over the US and talked to people and uh, interviewed them. And I was happy with the film, but it dawned on me when I was uh, done with it, that there was simply um, so much stuff that was left out simply because that's the nature of film in general and documentary film in, in uh, specifically uh, that you cannot fit everything in because then the film would be like 14, 15 hours which would be great according to me, but maybe not to, for, for the viewers. So what I did with the book was I, I edited the full on the entire interviews. And then I also wrote four or I think five contextualizing chapters in the beginning, uh, telling my story about how I met Anton LaVey and what we did when we hung out and how that affected me. So it's a personal tale. It's a part biography because there's simply so much substantial information about him and his life. Um, so I hope that my book can bring something to the table, specifically now that there's an increasing interest in uh, 
Lave's life and his philosophy, specifically among younger people. I can notice that. And they're very curious, of course, what it was like to be at the Black House and what we're talking about. So this book, Anton Lavey and the Church of Satan, uh, it just came out. And I know people have pre-ordered it. It's being sent out. Um, I think the, uh, what do you call it, the supply chain issues with paper and stuff has uh, sort of... Uh, delayed it a little bit but it's it's out we have a copy here and people have received copies so uh, you should check that out it's a wonderful read if you ask me and um, you just did uh, i think and and um yeah makes me very happy and i do hope if you uh, get the copy of the book that you will enjoy it and that you will appreciate the effort that's gone into uh, making it not only from my side but also from all the people who are very uh, generous in sharing their uh, memories yeah, I'm reading it currently. It's the book that I have beside my bedside and I'm reading it before I go to sleep at night. And it's so interesting and wonderful to read because even though I've seen the film and got to travel with Carl and meet all of these wonderful people that contributed uh, their stories to the film and the book, I didn't, I didn't sit in on the interviews. I didn't hear them in full. So it's really fun to be able to see everything that everyone was talking about. And of course, also Xerxes, um, LaVey's son is included in this as well, which he wasn't in the film. So there's additional material like that. And there's also a discussion between Genesis Bjorge and LaVey that's also included in the book as well. So it's really amazing, actually. Yeah, it has very unique material. Uh, that said, uh, for those of you who haven't watched the film, I think maybe we should look at the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, enjoy. You don't know whether he's going to be a you know, pompous asshole or you know, really full of himself, sweep into the room in his long black cape and, you know, here, kiss my ring or something. Well, he was a theatrical person, and so everything he did had that aspect. Suddenly there was this man who looked like the devil, you know, to the popular culture and was talking about Satan as this, this positive role model. Mr. Satan, Church of Satan, boom, that's it. Sex is not the answer to everything, but it's probably the prime mover to a great deal of what we do. Homosexuality, asexuality, bisexuality, transsexuality, not as a tolerance, but as a celebration. The only people that I would cast a curse or a spell on would be people individually that would sort of get under my skin. He codified the way I think many people, probably most people, actually live, but won't admit it. Teaching women how to bend men's mind to their will, owning your power. It's a, it's a great book for teaching women how to manipulate men. <laughs> When you went to visit him, you went into his universe, and it was like a parallel universe. Anton LaVey's legacy is everywhere, forever. It, it's, you, you can't unring a bell. You trust me, I trust you. That's the way it has to work. There has to be some trust between people or demons. Yeah, that was the trailer for uh, my film, Anton LaVey, Into the Devil's Den, which was the precursor to this book that has just come out, uh, Anton LaVey and the Church of Satan, Infernal Wisdom from the Devil's Den. Get this book, you'll enjoy it, I'm sure. Thank you. Yeah, and you can watch the film on Carl's Vimeo page. Mm -hmm. And links to everything that we talk about is included in the text accompanying this episode. And if you're listening to this in the Rendering Unconscious Highbrow Low Life 
podcast stream, there is a video for this on YouTube, as there is for everything on Rendering Unconscious. So you can always go watch us there to see these videos. Um, and also the links are included there as well. Mm -hmm. We were talking before about uh, Patreon and how Morbid Anatomy has such a great uh, Patreon site filled with stuff. And as most of you know, we also have a Patreon and we're very grateful for our patrons there um, who support our endeavors. It's uh, highly, highly appreciated. Um, one of the key uh, areas or segments that we have on our Patreon is um, a weekly uh, missive in a way that we call Magic Monday, uh, because it's how we publish it on Mondays. And it's where we write about our own magical practice and magical philosophy and, and um, how that interacts with uh, our artistic uh, expressions. Um, and it's, it's very interesting also for us to, to write these things because it makes us think about what we do is a kind of an analytic process at the same time as it's just merely fun uh, writing about our life. Um, so after one full year, meaning approximately 52 uh, posts of Magic Monday, uh, in April, we published uh, this book, <laughs> we both, um, which is called It's Magic Monday Every Day of the Week. And it's basically uh, a summing up. It's uh, in book form and four colors, and it's very... Um, beautiful I have to say it's a fun read of all these posts from uh, the magic monday at our patreon so in this book you can read about uh, what we do in terms of magic what we come up with uh, new ideas and how we um, work with old ideas and old practices and it's uh, there's a lot about uh, ancestor uh, worship or ancestor veneration is perhaps a be better word and also in general uh, our creative output how we fit that into our magical um, perceptions and thinking and vice versa so I'm very happy about this because it's really the first time I have together with you uh, formulated uh, what's actually going on it's not writing about something that's arcane and dusty it's happening right now and we are working with it on a, you know, say a daily basis. And then we sum up these thoughts and ideas in uh, the Magic Monday posts on our Patreon. So if you're interested in, first of all, what we do, but also the specifically magical creative aspects of it, you should really check out this book and uh, maybe even sign up at our Patreon because it's an ongoing weekly uh, posting process. Yeah, it's the 23rd mind level. Um, and the 23rd mind is a spinoff from the third mind concept of Brian Geisen and William Burroughs. And you can see that in the cover of our book, uh, I made a split face of Carl and I's third mind, um, which we use as the cover of the book in homage to Geisen and Burroughs's uh, third mind split by Ian Somerville. So yeah, definitely check it out. I try to write a lot about kind of what I'm doing day to day that week. So you can see how easy it is to integrate magical practices into your life. And especially if you're an artist of any kind, um, you can see how your artistic practices are actually magical practices as well. And how magic is creative and artistic as well. They, they go hand in hand mm. as far as I can tell. So mm. um, I try to talk about that a lot. And yeah, so the first year was from April to April. And this is actually the first book that we published since we've been in our new house, which I think is very fitting. So it came out sometime in the fall. And um, the next one we'll be putting together, I guess, this summer, because mm. in April we'll have 
done one more year of Magic Monday post. So we'll have Magic Monday number two mm-hmm. this summer. So yeah. stay tuned. Absolutely. And then, you know, uh, as Vanessa said, that was the first book that we published uh, after moving to our new abode. And, and the second one that came out was uh, this one. Beautiful, beautiful Nina Antonia, who's written so much about great rock and roll history, uh, Johnny Thunders in Cold Blood, uh, excellent writer uh, and a great friend. And she uh, put together this anthology of her writings, essays and texts uh, about the uncanny aspects of the life of Oscar Wilde and uh, Lord Alfred Douglas. Their relationship was uh, scandalous at the time and led basically led to, to Oscar Wilde's downfall. And there were many speculations about whether that, you know, he was cursed or whether their love affair was cursed. Uh, and it's just endlessly fascinating how uh, the intimate lives of two creative people uh, can seep out into the mainstream through scandal and moralisms and anti-moralisms. Uh, and uh, Nina has done a really great job uh, writing about these things from uh, you know the perspective of cultural cultural history. And there's a lot of magic in here also because um, uh, Wilde came from a family uh, that was very interested in folklore. Um, Celtic myths, you know, these kind of things. So uh, it was there in the background all along. Um, they were both um, open for, for uh, you know, being open-minded, basically. But alas, the times weren't quite ready for that kind of openness, neither in their sexuality nor in their interest in, uh, you know, arcane, exciting things. So that ended on a pretty bad note. Uh, this book is an excellent uh, introduction to Oscar Wilde and um, Bosey, as Lord Alfred Douglas was called, but it's also uh, contains plenty of in-depth material for those who already love Oscar Wilde, which we do. So I would, of course, recommend you getting a copy of Dancing with Salome, uh, the courting the uncanny with Oscar Wilde and friends, because it is a wonderful, wonderful read. Yeah, I had the pleasure of reading this book um, when it was in its editing stage and kind of reading through and copy editing. And it's such a lovely book. It got me so inspired. I love Nina's writing and I love these topics and it made me inspired to read more Oscar Wilde. So I went back and reread Dorian Gray and some other stories and then um, got more books from Nina. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she's really fantastic. I also had her on Rendering Unconscious podcast. I haven't posted that episode yet. Um, that'll be coming out closer to March because she's actually going to be talking about this and her journey writing this and her journey writing in general. She's written a lot of books like Carl said about the punk era and other figures. And so um, we're going to have her at a morbid anatomy in April. So stay tuned for that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, again, as, as most of you know, we are very, very interested in this um colorful gray area between uh, art and the occult and also psychology and psychoanalysis. Um, And um, we are uh, very happy to be in a network of of some really amazingly creative uh, individuals. And um, I feel, I think we both feel that we want to expose them as much as possible, expose their work, sounds better. (laughs) I exposed myself there. Um, but Freudian slip. Yes, yes. Uh, or a slap. Uh, but anyway, the uh, thing is that 
I have always had this, um, I don't know if it's an affliction or a pathology, simply putting compulsion, things, compulsion is better, <laughs> putting things together and presenting it to the world uh, to give people this kind of exposure that their uh, work um, is Deserves. worthy of. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, the most recent um, example of this is uh, something that is a magazine or a book. It's called the Trapartisan Review issue number one. And as you can see, it's more like a lavish art book than a magazine. And the idea is that um, uh, it will be semi-regular, you know, maybe not annual, or maybe it will be. Uh, and it's just filled with stuff. It's just filled with amazing artists uh, that some we know well and some we don't know, but we still, you know, count them into our network. Um, and it's just uh, this mix of... Uh, uh, painting, photography, collage, cut-ups, poetry, uh, fiction, um, and uh, all kinds of creative expressions. And there's no theme, there is no context, there is no justification, there's no uh, constructing, there's no deconstructing, there's no theory involved. It's simply art. And one of the things that I have been very, um, I don't know, irritated about is that art like this, you know, I mean, like this has usually gone or ended up under the banner of what people call outsider art, but I don't like that. So I've decided to call what's intrapartisan review insider art because it comes from these people's inside and it's unfiltered and it's un, I wouldn't say completely untheoretical. People might have their own theories, but it's very pure for me. It's pure signal. And that's the thing that I love and I want to put together in something that, um, you know, might confuse people, might also uh, inspire people to just look at the stuff and be uh, amazed and inspired because there's some really good stuff in there. And um, I'm very, very uh, proud and happy. And I hope that uh, the artists are happy. Uh, I think so. And I hope that you will be happy when you get this book because it's a way of, of uh, supporting this kind of, mm, I don't know, just intelligent art filled with integrity. That's how I, I prefer to look at it. So Trapartisan Review, issue number one, just came out. Um, it's available in paperback and hardback and uh, we'll provide you with all the links. Um, to where you can get it uh, yeah and i think carl said it beautifully this is just art there's no explanation of the art and uh, exactly what carl said you know if there is art theory involved that's coming from the artists themselves but we've been talking a lot lately it's so frustrating with the contemporary art scene and everything having to kind of come with this explanation and fitting it into time and place and history and identity it's like that all of that comes through an artist's artwork you know they don't need to explain it it's, it doesn't to me it's the difference between having your ego or your conscious mind creating something or speaking versus your unconscious and i feel like true art just comes from people it comes from their unconscious they feel compelled to make it and that's what they do and maybe over time they develop theories of their own but i feel like those theories should come from them and not come from like the outside world putting it onto them to me it's like the same thing with psychoanalysis people need to to, to develop themselves on their own and not kind of constantly take all these projections on from the outside world so um yeah, so I really love this book. I love that the art is just exposed. Mm -hmm. As Carl said, it's mm -hmm. a good word, apparently. Mm -hmm. And that you can just view the art and get what you get out of it. And nobody tells you what to think. Mm -hmm.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there will be more, of course. Now this has just come out, but uh, uh, I already also personally feel inspired uh, by it. You know, it's filled with stuff. And and that um, usually makes me want to put up more stuff. <laughs> so, there, you know, as they say, to be continued. Well, we're all glad you put out stuff, Carl, yeah. because you've made a whole kind of scene, you know, have these kinds of books out there mm-hmm. that, you know, aren't out there as much, especially, you know, in the before times in the 80s and 90s, um, when people weren't able to kind of publish their music and their artists easily, mm-hmm. you were doing it all then too. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Carl. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> uh, as you say, is it affliction, pathology, or Compulsion. compulsion yeah we, we we have to sort that out at some point but Similar not today compulsion to yeah. the compulsion of the artist yeah exactly mm-hmm. so that said this is what we have uh, put out uh, there's been one little film thing also uh, i was um, uh, looking through the archive i have of, of material that i have filmed uh, specifically uh, when working on the lave book because that as I said, uh, grew out of the film project. Um, in a similar way, I looked through the uh, material for uh, the film Change Itself, which is my documentary about uh, Genesis Peorage um, that came out well many years ago now, I think 2016 or something, 15. Um, however, we wanted to have Jan reading a little bit of poetry integrated into change itself so one time when we were in oslo norway psychic tv were playing we hung out at the hotel room and i suggested maybe we should just record some some um, uh, poetry which we did jen had you know always had uh, papers and notes and things like that and we uh, i just put up the video camera and, and uh, shot straight uh, readings of uh, poetry and texts uh, and uh, one uh, snippet ended up in change itself the rest remained unused except for the fact you, you could also say that that little moment of putting together those specific texts became a seed for the project that we soon after that entered into which was the recording of the album uh, that that's called loyalty does not end with death that came out in 2017 which was again jen reading poetry and me putting that to uh, music but anyway uh going back to these old clips of the poetry readings uh it's wonderful it's fresh naked stripped uh raw in a way so i put that together uh, into a film that's called write your own code and it's now uh, available on Vimeo and also for free on, on YouTube. Uh, write your own code. It's Jen reading poetry. Let's watch the trailer. We are but one bitch. And we won't let you go till you think. We declare war against all binary systems. We embrace total freedom. Freedom for all our identities. Not sexual freedom per se. Not political freedom per se. But true inner freedom to create your story. Yeah, that was the trailer for uh, Write Your Own Code, 
the film that you can see for free on YouTube or on my uh, Vimeo on demand, if you prefer that. Uh, that's basically all of the film stuff that's been happening. There will be more, of course, uh, as always. Um, but books have certainly been uh, the most dominant expression lately. Yeah, in the latter half of last year, I made some albums with um, British Sonic mastermind Pete Murphy. And a couple of those clips were shown in the previous episode of 23rd Mind TV, but we had a third album come out since then called The Cutting Up of Love and Language. And you actually made a video for one of the songs I for did. that called Bisexual Expression. So yeah. why don't we watch that as well? Let's do it. The cutting up of language and love is bisexual. I open my full red lips. Chemistry growing between us. We are in the era of bisexual expression. What's it like? What's it like? What's it like being bisexual? Night after night, I party with people like him. These are the spaces where we are penetrated night after night after night after night. Yeah, that was uh, Bisexual Expression by Vanessa and Pete Murphy. It's a great uh, track, uh, great video, great album that you can check out at our uh, Bandcamp, the link to which you'll also find in the uh, text for this episode. Um, 
And for this album, um, I used cut-ups from a book that I'm putting together that's called Things Happen. And it's my first book that's integrating cut-ups into the writing. It's also my first writing of fiction on my own. On our Patreon, Carl and I are writing a book together called The Exquisite Corpse, where we take turns writing chapters. And that's been quite a great adventure with uh, Father Black, Detective Black, and Dr. Ivy St. Clair and their kind of misadventures solving this case of The Exquisite Corpse. Um, so if you want to check out that, you should also go to our Patreon. So that's my first time writing fiction is working on that with Carl together. And I have integrated some cut-ups into that. And then that inspired to me to make a more Barosian novel on my own of really integrating cut-ups. And I have some stories that I've written down over the years of different things that have happened in my life that I wanted to kind of recollect and have written down. And so I cut up all of these stories and rearranged them and mixed them with other cut-ups and other writings and dreams of mine as well. And I'm now making them, molding them into a book form uh, slowly but surely as soon as I'm past these kind of deadlines that I have coming up uh, at the end of February and March, then I'm going to work more on it, you know, in the late spring and summer. So sometime later this year, my book Things Happen will be out. And the song, the title comes, of course, uh, if you know me and you know what I love, it comes from a Coil song called Things Happen that uh, has the vocals from little Annie Bandez, also known as Annie Anxiety, who we're dear friends with and I love so much. And so the book is actually dedicated to her and to my late friend, Jessica Marshall, as she was kind of my um, partner in crime for a lot of these stories. So I look forward to sharing that with you later this year. Mm -hmm. And on that note, we should also mention that one excerpt, a snippet, is actually published in uh, Tripartisan Review number one that we just spoke about. Uh, this is the first uh, time a segment from Things Happen has been uh, published. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> You're welcome. very Thank excited. You. Yeah, no, it's a great, great, great uh, book. Yeah, and on the Coil note, um, I also have a collage of the guys from Coil in the zine that's come out from Temporal Boundary Press. It's a beautiful little zine in the old zine fashion mm -hmm. with writings and photos and images and art. Um, and I have a collage in there. So you can check that out, Temporal Boundary Press. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. And and uh, this thing with uh, zine making in general, now with print on demand, and you can make really quite lavish and beautiful things uh, so easily, which is wonderful, especially in the hands of uh, like intelligent uh, people who have something to, to write about or something to, uh, to publish, basically. And luckily, we come across quite a few of those. I mean, one of my favorites... Uh, right now and and you know for a long time and for a long time <laughs> forward is this beautiful uh, german uh, scene called howl uh, we have i think the full uh, collection of issues we do yeah and i mean <laughs> if you just hold them up like this it's amazing it's basically a lot of um vintage erotica uh, but it's not just like you know publishing pictures of old porn it is um expertly, professionally written about uh, key people, developments in, in old film history, uh, prurient photographers, uh, all kinds of really interesting information about this kind of 
underbelly uh, of, of uh, art, basically, because many of these early photographers, and specifically German photographers, they were so uh, skilled, uh, so dirty in a way, but they expressed it in such a beautiful, classical, classy way uh, that uh, I cannot recommend enough you uh, checking out Howl. Uh, you'll find the, the link address to that also. Mm. Howl is an exquisite, exquisite magazine. It's more than a fanzine. Yeah, it's, and it's, they're on Twitter and Instagram. So I'll yeah. uh, link to their Twitter and Instagram as well. Yeah, and the, their Twitter feed is, uh, dare I say it, quite arousing at times. <laughs> so you should be forewarned or maybe uh, titillated about that thankfully uh, twitter has not been censored yet yes like instagram and, and facebook so <laughs> yeah. it's really nice to be able to post images it's it's nice for me too with my collages because so many, many of them you know contain nudity from people that i cut out of magazines yeah. and i can't put any of my art on instagram or or facebook so it's nice to have twitter still remain pure in that way yeah absolutely <laughs> and, and you know when eventually maybe something happens to to uh, that kind of thing too then at least we'll have our fanzine culture where we're intelligent people will write eloquently about their favorite topic and have uh, pictures of of uh, you know undressed people doing funny things and they have a special issue on Marlene Dietrich that just came out yeah, recently as well. So, so wonderful. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And and best of luck in, <laughs> in future endeavors. Howl, is, Howl makes me howl, quite simply. Yeah. And we should mention our other friend too. Yeah, of course. Going from Germany to France, we go to uh, Eros Mechanique with our friend uh, Hector Domian, uh, who is also such an amazing, amazing artist. Hector has work in, in Trapartisan Review, I should say also, and, and uh, deservedly so. Uh, I would like to, to mention this one specifically, issue number seven, because it's like a tribute issue uh, to you know, the hero heroes, Pierre Molinier, uh, who was so influential for uh, Genesis Peorage and for Valdenham, for so many uh, amazing artists. Pierre Molinier was like a pioneer of not only of cross-dressing, but cross-existing, uh, taking on different kinds of identities. And more importantly, I would say, uh, expressing it in a creative way so that that could still linger on and stay on and inspire other people to, to experiment. And also not only that, meaning the momentum or the desire to do this, but also the quality, the aesthetic, aesthetic perfection of so much of Molinier's work is uh, beyond belief. It's like, you know, taking the surrealism baton and taking it from the, you know, punny, ironic um, thing and going into a deeper sexual, uh, psychic, soulful uh, vault, which can sometimes be very, very dark, but that just adds to the real surrealism, it, it goes away from the irony, goes away from the punniness and the you know slightly formal experimentation uh, and absurdities into some real hardcore soul searching. Uh, Pierre Molinier was the king or queen of all these things, and Hector is a worthy uh, mm -hmm. uh, inheritor successor mm -hmm. of that. Not only with Hector's own work, but also with publishing Eros Mechanique. It's, it's a wonderful uh, book. Again, I sometimes don't want to call it fan fanzine. In a way it is, but it's more like a, a regularly occurring book, art book. 
Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And if you love Pierre Moulinier, or if you haven't heard of him, you need to. Mm. Um, I also wrote about him in my book, Scansion and Psychoanalysis and Art. Mm. There is uh, quite a large section dedicated to his work because I'm such a fan and he's so incredible. And yeah, everybody should know about him. Mm -hmm. So check that out as well. Yeah. And I, on that note also, uh, I remember that uh, Genesis Bjorich wrote uh, a tribute text, uh, um, an homage text in a way, uh, and that is published in one of the issues of The Fenris Wolf. I cannot now remember which one, but you, five. number five, possibly. You can find that information mm -hmm. on the Trapar uh, website. Uh, you should really check that out because Jen lovingly pays homage to uh, Molinier. Yeah, and uh, there have been some more uh, books also. We should mention, again, a dear friend, uh, Jack Stevenson. Jack is an, um, a film historian and a great writer. He runs the cinema in Copenhagen called Huset's Biograph, which we often go to and also present um, uh, films at. Uh, I think actually all of my world premieres of all my films has always been at Huset's Biograph in Copenhagen, care of uh, Jack. Uh, Jack is a wonderful writer of fiction in some kind of... Um, beatnik vein uh, but sometimes drifting into other more fantastic um, subject matters uh, this is a, a recent tales of blood river is an anthology of short stories so in a way it's uh, americana with a beatnik touch but it's slightly more fantastic than that it's really well written and uh, whereas jack ha, you know has written mostly books about cinema uh, sleazy cinema, trash cinema, exploitation cinema, uh, even a biography uh, or a book about uh, Lars von Trier. Um, Jack's fiction has been uh, underrated or underexposed. And now it's high time that people check out his wonderful, wonderful collections of short stories. Jack Stevenson. Yeah, I haven't read this yet, so I'm going to have to take this yeah. with me. Yeah, you have, you have to. You have to. <laughs> And then um, more on, on uh, literature, I think uh, I was happy to see uh, this little beautiful book republished, Monster Midway by uh, William Lindsay Gresham. Uh, most people know this author from uh, the book Nightmare Nightmare Alley. Alley and also the film from 1947, A Nightmare Alley with Tyrone Power um, and John Blondell, um, that was... Anton LaVey's favorite film and favorite book, and it inspired him a lot. Um, and that's fair and fine. And now, as uh, most know, there's a new uh, a remake on the market by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, we saw it recently, really and, and we liked it because mm -hmm. it doesn't really try to remake the 1947 version. It's his own take on the same story. And I think uh, del Toro did a great job. It's very subdued and muted very depressed uh, it's not like his his uh, normal kind of fantastic films um and kate blanche is a psychoanalyst yeah so. yeah absolutely Any film with a kind of wicked <laughs> psychoanalyst i love yeah absolutely <laughs> but also that's the reason i want to show this because this has been a real real rarity uh, gresham did he didn't write that many books he wrote one book about about harry houdini uh, he was interested in spiritualism but he was also a great debunker uh, together with the people like James Randi. Uh, this, however, is a book uh, about the uh, carnival culture, Monster Midway. It's about uh, uh, 
deception and tricks and and uh, habits and customs and language their interlingo so to speak uh, the carnival workers it's very very fascinating stuff if you like that kind of culture which we do and if you like nightmare alleys you know that's so cemented in this culture then monster midway is a great sort of companion volume to both the films and the book itself because the novel is amazing it's really well written uh, this book is available via underworld amusements and we'll uh, pass on a link to that in the information text to this episode also well worth getting as is reading uh, Nightmare Alley, as is watching both uh, the versions. This one is also coming with me because I haven't read it either. <laughs> then my yeah. nighttime really I have lined no books. up. <laughs> I have no books left. Yeah, They're all for me. Yeah, that's my life. But what can you do? You can make more books. Yeah. That's the, yeah. More books for me to read. Mm-hmm. And for you. <laughs> well, it's viewer. funny too, because that's how Carl and I met is because I was a fan of Carl mm-hmm. and his writing and his books. And I went to one of his book releases parties for his first novel mother have a safe trip um in new york and that's where we met and so yeah i love that carl makes more books because then i get to read them yeah well <laughs> i have no say and no choice i just make them is there anything else i don't think so i think that was a lot for today of yeah. course i'm still doing rendering unconscious podcast as you know if you're listening to this um, we recently had, we, I recently had my four year anniversary of rendering unconscious podcast. It is a one woman show. Um, but of course I couldn't do it without the wonderful guests that always come on. Um, and I think I'm at episode 185 at this point, which is a lot I'm realizing. And for the four year anniversary, I made a kind of episode of clips, like a medley episode of clips from different episodes. Um, And so that was kind of fun to put together. And I just I didn't, you know, favor anyone in particular, I just kind of scrolled through all of the episode recordings I had and grabbed different episodes and then grabbed random clips from that. And of course, the, that kind of cut up random method always works really well. And it came out to be a really nice episode. So definitely check out that episode and the ones coming up. The most recent discussion we've had is with um, doctors Lada Shiha and Stephen Shiha and their book, Psychoanalysis Under Occupation. So that was the most recent episode. And the one coming up next um, that I'm actually recording later today is with a bunch of queer poets. And so that's going to be fun and a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Also, before we wrap this up, we should say that uh, if you uh, belong to the select uh, crowd of people who have sent us stuff so that we should talk about it here uh, don't worry we will we have uh, we, we have more we have control we know <laughs> we, we know what we have uh, it's just that uh, time issues and um, you know it's just been too much so we will gradually talk about these things that we have been sent this today was the the things that we felt were relevant today and next time there will be different things so don't fret be patient and we will laud your beautiful endeavors as much as we possibly can because that's what we do exactly yeah Yeah, we have a special corner of the house near my desk where we keep all of these things so that we can keep track of them and enjoy them and then share them Mm -hmm. so stay tuned for more we have more on the way Mm -hmm. and uh well 
until the next time. Yeah, and as always, the best place to stay up to date with what we're doing is at our Patreon. Everything comes out there first. And we have all these projects like Magic Monday and the Exquisite Corpse there that are only there. And, and photos. And photos. And, and we music. share, you know, when it's an anniversary of an event we've done or something like that, we like to commemorate mm. it and make a post about it, share photos. Mm. Um, so we're always doing things like that on Patreon. We I think we recently passed 2,000 posts. So there's yeah. a lot of stuff there. Yeah, And of course, <laughs> if you join, that's all. You can access all of that stuff, plus mm. the new new things, of course. Yeah, so thank you for watching. See you next time. Bye. Bye.